are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show podcast for Westwood One. That would be me, Steve Dace, back in the saddle. Todd and Aaron were here the last couple of days. Uh, gentlemen, good to see you. How are you? I'm excellent. Yourself? Doing very well. Had a chance to go speak out west at a youth conference hosted by a phenomenal ministry in Moscow, Idaho. And they had a couple of hundred uh, future leaders, uh, youth uh, high school kids from across the country coming out there. Had a great time. Want to thank Gabe uh, Wrench and Douglas Wilson and the whole team out there for uh, having us out for the weekend. Beautiful country. Uh, Aaron, I know you've been out to the Northwest, right? Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. You just cannot go wrong as far as scenery, no matter what the weather is out West. Yeah, we took a drive Saturday because Spokane was the, Washington was the closest airport, so... We decided to spend the night in Spokane to fly home on Sunday and just spend the day over there in Spokane because we were there for the conference on Thursday and Friday. And uh, Amy and I, the drive that Saturday morning, I mean, windows down, it was about 65 degrees, beautiful vistas, topography, and a lot of diversity. I mean, huge in terms of the, of the scenery. Um, you know, huge, you know, wheat farms, rolling, you know, Grass hills, mountains. I mean, it was, and a lot of twists and turns. Uh, and it was just a fun drive. We had a good time, good people, and uh, enjoyed the weekend with them. It was really refreshing, but it's good to be back. Good to see you guys. And a lot of news broke while I was away. Some of it we got to today on CRTV, who uh, sponsors our podcast each and every day. They help to underwrite the cost to keep it free for you, the people. And and let's give the audience a preview of some of what we talked about today on CRTV. Todd, I'll start with you. I saw a group of minstrels perform a little ditty that if it in any way identifies the spirit of the age, the Republicans are going to just sweep in November. It's it's that powerful. Wow. It's it's something that um, I kind of had a feeling existed out there in some way, shape, or form, but it is stunning in its love affair for making America great again. Aaron? Um, if any of those minstrels happen to be listening to this podcast and are single and are maybe in the Des Moines area or live around here, you know? <laughs> except the I banjo know some, player I, in except the back. For the grand, yeah. What, God bless forget him. Forget him, yeah. Um, you know, I, I know some great spots, some great barbecue around here. Uh, there's some some really cool places to hang out. Just, just saying. Mm. Aaron. What? Throwing the rod out there, huh? Casting the casting the, the the lure. Of course. Was this the Steve Day Show meets Tinder? I'm not familiar. With I don't that. know. I mean, Aaron's basically just you know, hey, uh, swipe right, and you come <laughs> yeah. to the right place. CRTV. Everybody swipes right here. Yeah. Right. Just a matter of how far right and how fast we swipe. 
CRTV.com is how you can watch our show today, and you can see who it was Aaron was just trying to hit on for yourself. CRTV.com, if you use my name as a promo code, you'll get to see perhaps Aaron's future wife for just a quarter a day. You really think so? <laughs> I have, you know what? I would have... In the time we live in, why not? Yeah. That song makes why you believe not? in things. Yes. yes. It does. <laughs> Put hair on your chest, young man. You bet. <laughs> CRTV.com, promo code DACE. You won't just get our show, but Mark Levin and every other show we do each and every day, exclusively here at CRTV for just a quarter a day. CRTV.com. All right. So when you're gone for five days, a lot happens, right? And this would normally be our weekend news and views. But since I've been gone since Wednesday, it's kind of a long weekend, news and views. Rather than try and cover like every major story, I want to talk about two. Well, two and a half, because there's really two stories that are kind of melded into one, and then a separate one from the sports world, but they all fit a pattern. And they fit a pattern of how we are manipulated in our day and age by media and social media. And not just... I, this is not just from one side of the, of, the, of the spectrum, by the way. Because, you know, we might be right-wingers here on this show, and we are, unabashedly so. But we're, we're Christians first. And so truth is our, first, is our first objective. What is true? And sometimes what we would prefer to be true is not true. Actually, in this world, Jesus said, you will have many troubles. The the scriptures say all creation groans in this fallen world, which means all too often what we would prefer to be true is not true. A lot of times what we would prefer to be true is not true. So before we go pushing our agendas, and we all have an agenda, we're open about it here. We have an agenda. And we didn't we didn't go to work for CRTV because we were subtle. But what's CRTV mean? Why y'all call yourselves conservative review TV? Because you're right on down the middle of the road? Nope. Because we are conservatives. That's why. But for those of us who are people of faith, there's a standard that has to be met before we go to the political side of things. And that standard is what is true. So it's not always that the truth works in the way we would want it to. Now, the truth always works in our favor, but it doesn't always work in the way we would want it to. See, sometimes what we think is to our favor is not necessarily what God thinks is to our favor. We just don't always agree with God with what we think is to our favor, right? Sounds like tough love is what you're talking about. Yeah, or as Garth Brooks once said, thank God for unanswered prayers, right? So... I mean, if I had if I had passed that quick trip managerial exam that people have been laughing at me about for the last 25 years, if I had passed that quick trip managerial exam, I wouldn't be doing this right now. That that failure set me up for other successes later on, right? So there's a couple of stories that I saw the last five days when I was gone that are pure and total manipulation. Some by media, some by regular people in social media, but they are perfect examples of how the zeitgeist operates in this day and age. And if we're going to be people of truth, we have to be leery of this. Wary. Danger Will Robertson. Something wicked this way comes. Pump the bricks. I want to start with the Mueller, Carter Page, FISA warrant, Russia thing. 
So I think it was Thursday. I'm actually Thursday morning flying out to go out to Spokane. And the story breaks that there's a tape of former Trump attorney Michael Cohen discussing payoffs with Trump over the phone, which would be a clear contradiction of Trump's original story that he didn't know anything about the payoffs before he then admitted that he did. All right. And of course, this gets, I'm sure you guys were working when this broke, right? And you get the second coming headline and sure. and we're off. Okay. And several of our friends on the right had a response that I was going to second and seemed right to me. And that response was, does anybody know whatever happened to attorney-client privilege? How'd this stuff get leaked to the media? Why, why are items in a federal investigation? Isn't that evidence in a federal investigation? Why is that being leaked to the media? That, that's banana republic stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, I'd like to declare a mistrial, Your Honor, stuff, right? Sure. Okay? You've seen one episode of Matlock. You know that's, uh, that's grounds for a mistrial. What, 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 what? And I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I saw this in the airport. Uh, several good people on our side bringing up this point. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I was absolutely going to second it. I was going to third it, fourth it. And every time I, I was about to retweet with comment, that, that still small voice in the back of my head kept telling me, don't say anything. And I'm like, come on, this one's obvious. And that went, eh, tapping. Back of the little skull there saying, sit this one out. Just, just wait. Then, you know, your time in between flights is over. You jump on the plane. By the time you get off, we're having a meltdown about a totally different story, and you forget about it, right? Sure. And then I get up the next morning. Headline. Giuliani, Trump's legal spokesman. Well, I mean, we, we leaked it. And that still small voice in the back of my head said, told you so. Say nothing. Don't be in a hurry to be wrong. So a bunch of people on our side rightly took this initial story and thought this is an egregious example of, me, of, of, of leaking material to the media that ought to be constrained and confined to a criminal case that is yet to be adjudicated. We don't really know who's guilty of anything right now, do we? Do you know? We don't really know. Just know that everybody's slimy. Yes. And yet here it is in the front pages of America's major publications. So our, our assumption on our side was what? Ah, oh, it's that dirty, rotten Mueller. And then after those headlines go wild for a day, next day, Giuliani's like, well, we're the ones that leaked it. Oh. And so we get all worked up, frothing at the mouth. We're going to jump on the bandwagon. And it was actually the people you were, you were all going to defend were the ones that leaked this information out there. And then the next day on Saturday, 
Now that's, first of all, that is your clue right there. Let me say this. As somebody that works in media, Todd, you will back me up on this. A major story breaking on a Saturday. There's a reason it's called the Saturday news dump. All right. Saturday is the lowest circulation day in any form of media, except for sports. But in regular news media, Saturday, it's the lowest circulation day for every major public, major newspaper in America. It's the lowest, lowest readership day for every major website in America. There's a reason you dump something on a Saturday. So the fact that DOJ finally saw fit to honor the FOIA, that's Freedom of Information Request, from um, Judicial Watch, New York Times, and several entities. The fact that suddenly on a late Saturday evening, like 5 o'clock Eastern, they're like, okay, finally you guys win. Should have told you right then and there, this was not going to be a good look. All right? Because if, if they had the up and up here, this thing would have been released this morning. Right. And it would have been a lot less redacted than it was. The fact much of this is redacted and they dumped it on you on a Saturday evening tells you right then and there, this is a bad look for the feds. Don't you think? It absolutely does. Absolutely does. That's journalism, media coverage 101. And usually this stuff, if I'm not mistaken, is dumped on like a Friday. Yeah. Because that's during the work week. Uh, At least in my opinion, it's kind of rare for something to be dumped on the weekend like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's the Friday the Friday news dump is a thing. Saturday at six o'clock, when everybody's out to dinner at the movies, this or that, indicate that's when you really know they're trying to hide something. They want something to go away. And so out comes the FISA warrant, which we have been saying since essentially the day after this story broke a year ago. Trump should just declassify all of these things and we'll get our answers. Well, DOJ decided to declassify in this case. A lot of this is redacted. What's redacted means that there's those thick black markers through much of the wording. Can't read it. Here's what we do know. And I'm saying this as someone to remind you, we've not done a lot of shows on this topic. I think we last discussed it with the Nunez and Grassley and Schiff memos, right? Yes. What was that, like three, four months ago? Yeah. That's one of the ways I know God is merciful, by the way. (laughs) That I haven't made you guys come to work and talk about this every day? Yes. Yes. Well, the reason why is because we don't know anything. I'm I'm done responding to anonymous sources about and and from this administration. Because I just, you don't know what the truth is. And I I don't feel right giving you analysis on things I'm not sure will turn out to be true tomorrow. Not correct. Not meaning that my analysis is right or wrong. Like the stuff I'm analyzing may not be true. That's what I mean. Like... It, it, we're, we're not even to the point of whether my analysis is correct. I don't know what I'm talking about is real life. <laughs> and so I'm just not going to get into it until I can verify things. Well, the FISA, the, this is the f- official record. And two things stand out. One, there were five judges that approved of this, all of them Republican appointees. Now, that's what, that's what MSNBC and CNN want to focus on. And I get why they want to do that. Of course, we know here at Conservative Review... How many terrible judges were Bush appointees? Answer, many. Several. The judge in California that got rid of all those votes for for Proposition 8 marriage, you know who appointed him? Bush, for example. 
judge in Kentucky and their federal judge that overruled the state's marriage amendment who appointed him. Bush did. So the fact you were a Republican appointee as a judge tells me nothing. Majority Republican Supreme Courts gave us Kelo, gave us Roe v. Wade, gave us uh, Windsor, gave us Obergefell. That, that tells me nothing. But it's a good talking point for the left, so I can see why MSNBC and CNN are using it. So if you watch just those channels, that's the story. The story is five judges signed off on the warrant, and they were all Republican appointees, which goes to the credibility of the accusations. Okay. The evidence that was used to acquire the warrant. Now, I'm, let me stop here for a second. I'm going to be as fair as I can be, because so much of this is redacted. If anybody, I'm not comfortable. I think anybody on our side claiming that that Christopher Steele and Michael Isikoff are the only sources for why the FBI got an, a surveillance warrant on Carter Page, that could be true. For me, I, I don't know what you guys think. I'm not comfortable saying that because so much of this is redacted. We don't know. We don't. We don't know that. It's it's quite possible. It might even be likely, frankly, the way this story has devolved. It might even be likely that that's true. Well, and we don't know that. I would concur because of what you just said about the Saturday news dump. That's yes. In my my spidey senses are taking yes. so, But notwithstanding yeah, that. If they dropped this on a Monday morning yeah. and they had a, and there was another source other than a paid yeah. operative of the DNC, yeah. we would the the overwhelming odds are we would we would know this today. But because we have fallen for so many banana pe- sure. peels in the tailpipe already, I'm not comfortable going there, okay? And I don't think we have to go there yet because what we do know and can verify to me is so damaging on its own. Because at the very least, what we now know is the official record is that a paid operative of the Democratic Party, Christopher Steele, was himself and the information he fed to Yahoo reporter Michael Isikoff, who's known to be sympathetic to the left, they were the prime, they were the sources that have, the only sources, actually, that have been officially confirmed by the federal government to be the sources of information that led, that prompted the FBI to file a surveillance warrant in a FISA court against the Trump campaign via Carter Page. We know that for sure, right? That's, yes. That, that's, that's not debated. That's, that's an indisputable fact. Now, we may get more, more information later. Like Todd, my, my career working as a reporter would seem to indicate if such information were readily available, they wouldn't have dumped this at 5 o'clock Eastern or so on a Saturday, and they, and they would have shown us to protect their own rear ends. Because what's the number one rule of the swamp? CYA, number one rule. It's, they had they they knew what this would look like. They knew the headline, conservatives pounce. You know, the left's favorite headline, conservatives pounce. They knew that headline was coming. So you had to think if they could inoculate and insulate themselves, it is you're you're not being a partisan hack to jump to the conclusion that they would have done that if they could. You're just an observer of how media and right. po- politics typically works. But since we also tell you guys all the time on our podcast, we're in an era where things aren't working the way they typically worked. I'm hesitant to just lay down that marker while acknowledging it's a, it's, it's a possibility to maybe even a likelihood. But before we even, we don't even have to speculate on that because we do know this for sure. A paid operative of the Democratic Party 
led to inf- had information which led to weaponizing the FBI to investigate the other presidential campaign. And I don't care, unless you have just partisan blinders on, that should bother you. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that if, the other way, if it was the other way around, a lot of our conservative media brethren would be concerned about this because I don't believe that. <laughs> All right? I'm not going to pretend anybody has any kind of high ground here. I think everybody's lost their high ground, given it back, taken it back, and given it away so many times the last few years. I'm now like, what's a high ground? Do you know what a high ground is? We don't stand in I don't know what a high ground is anymore. That, but I do know this. The federal government is acknowledging they surveilled Carter Page at least primarily because of information provided to them by a paid Democratic operative. That is no longer conservative media, conservative Twitter fan fiction. That's no longer the stuff of, let me show how I can Trump shill, as, it's de- as the detractors on the other side have claimed for the last year. That's not Mark Levin losing his mind on Fox News, because that's what they said when he brought this up last year, right? That's now confirmed. That's confirmed. That's a fact. As well as the fact that it perhaps include in concert with, and at the very least, um, it, it occurred parallel, parallel to Isakoff. Yes, Doing it because of the same source. Yeah, because the, the steel was time. Isikoff's source. Yes. So that when yes. you say the term weaponization, it, it perhaps here's came, what that, it came on multiple fronts. Yes. No matter what, those so fronts that means, may have been working in tandem. That means steel is providing information to both the FBI, which you would think would be of a sensitive nature. Correct. And then he's leaking it out to the media at the exact same time. Now, I know he's got this decorated record as a, is it M- 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 MI6? Is that what he belongs well, to, right? That means guys like that would do something like yeah, this well, because they know how to do it. <laughs> yes. If indeed you're running, if you're running a, a, a covert op, political op, you do stuff like that. If you're, if you're truly concerned about criminality and national security, you don't do that. You only go to the FBI. You don't, you don't throw stuff out there like this to be cavalierly leaked, wouldn't you think? Right, but what if the FBI is just viewed as just another political hack organization like the rest of them? Well, then see, you just, go, then you just play politics. That's what we don't know. It, really, there's only two options here now. The only two options are that either Carter Page is the best or that. worst spy ever. That tweet had okay? me laughing today. He's either James Bond slash Inspector Gadget, the best or worst spy of all time. Okay? Um, who's that British guy I like? who plays the idiot British spy, Mr. Bean. That might oh, even yeah. be a better one. Yeah. He's either Mr. Bean or Mr. Bond, one of the two, or he's not a spy at all. Because to me... Oh, we've really narrowed it down. That's Thank it. You. It's that, well, that's, that's it. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? Yeah. But here, here's the question to be asking yourself. And this is the question that I would be asking if I were a Republican official... That, that wants to maintain my integrity in the era of Trump. Not to mention, it's hard to go out and defend Trump full-throated on instinctively, like I just showed with the whole Michael Cohen tape, because you'll be out there one day defending him full-throatedly, and the next day, like, well, yeah, we actually did it because we were trying to undermine Michael Cohen. We, we leaked it. And you're like, oh, so I put my ass in a sling for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. He makes it really hard to go out there and full-throated defend him even when you want to because you're never quite sure, well, I mean, are they going to kneecap me tomorrow? Are they gonna, yeah. yep. You don't ever get to sure, sure who's on whose team here half the time. 
Because you know Trump's on his own team, and that doesn't mean he's on yours. Um, but if you're one of those Republicans and you're like, I want to maintain some level of credibility. To me, an easy talking point for you is, instead of doing what Rubio did you know, on Jake Tapper yesterday, which was essentially sound like the Democrats, sound like Adam Schiff, a, 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 a real smart thing is actually to say one of two things. Don't you think if we had evidence Carter Page was a spy, Adam Schiff would have leaked it by now? Because he's leaked everything else. That's number one. And number two, if Carter Page is a spy, why hasn't he been arrested and or indicted yet? It's real. This is, if the FBI has suspected since 2016 he was a Russian agent, why hasn't he been arrested or indicted? We just let suspected Russian agents just roam freely. They, they just get to migrate between cable newsrooms nowadays. That's maybe that is what the FBI does. I mean, they ignore how many how many lone wolves have we ignored the yep. last uh, half dozen? We ignored Nasser. I mean, that's kind of what the FBI seems to do now: ignore threats. That, that they're more in the news for that than they are stopping them nowadays. So, when your best defense is, guys, I'm not corrupt. I suck. Fire everyone. Fire everyone. When, my, when your best defense is, is, I'm not corrupt, I just suck at this, fire them all. And that's an easy talking point that Republicans could be using right now. But these are the things with this story that you have to be careful. Don't immediately jump to the pro-Trump narrative of everything. Because you don't know, like we've learned with the Cohen tape, when Rudy admitted, we're the ones that leaked it. On the other hand, when the other side is dropping stuff at 5 o'clock on a Saturday, know what's coming is not going to be good for them. It's not going to fit their narrative. Thoughts on that before I move on to story two? That was good dot connecting. Yes. That's, and that's the important thing. You, you basically played the role of the uh, movie reviewer who just points out what people are initially perhaps raving about or interested in after the first weekend has like 25 gigantic plot holes that Mm -hmm. should make you question how you spent your money and your time that weekend. Mm -hmm. So that's valuable going forward. And, and uh, if today's television show uh, is any indication, a song may be written about your analysis today. (laughs) It's yeah. You, I made as much sense out of the story as I think is possible uh, being that we just, um, I'll, I will say I'm more firmly on the side of we do know uh, more, I think, what the outcome of the Trump-Russia Mueller, th- this whole thing, after the, what happened this weekend, than maybe we ever have been. We have actually gotten closer to an answer. And I think that answer is, is there's a lot of nothing here. Um, just uh, this has been a huge game. Um but we don't know that for sure yet. What is so infuriating, though, is people's inability. You were telling me this was kind of in jest, but it's it's kind of it's kind of true. Uh, before the show, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this certain piece, and I'm just gonna make that in the entire montage. And you're like, yeah, what well, is something that guys don't know how to do is admit when they've been bested. That's like everybody in media. They don't want to admit that they don't know mm-hmm. something. And that's why we get so many just retractions yeah. and conclusions drawn very quickly, hasty conclusions about every little morsel 
of news or fake news that comes out and trying to sort through that i think that's probably the, i'm I, that's but that's why i'm glad we haven't really talked about this story that much because it's just impossible to get to any truth because there's so many lies and it's all partisan just bickering back and forth so rule number one be very wary about immediately jumping to Trump's defense on a negative story about Trump because you may find out that they think this story works to their advantage or you may find out that Trump will just change the entire narrative on you the very next day. Just be, be careful with that. And then number two, when, when, you, get, when you finally get quote-unquote transparency at 5 o'clock Eastern on a Saturday, and most of it's in black marker. Mm-hmm. Know that what's coming next is your government's admitting to you it, it, it's been misbehaving. Know that that's coming, right? For sure. Now, here's, here is being a good steward of today's media culture, um, lesson number three. So, you guys, everybody listens to us knows I'm a huge sports guy. We started a sports show on CRTV on the clock with Kurt Schilling and, and my number one sports college football. And a lot of it's getting going right now. A lot of the major conferences are having their media days with the coaches. And one of the conferences that had their media days while I was gone last week was the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC. And the big story that came out of that conference was North Carolina coach Larry Fedora. And... He was talking about being concerned about football losing the physical aspect of it, the sport being re-regulated, not being recognizable 10 years from now, that, uh, and that there's no direct link between uh, CTE, uh, the concussion, the post-concussive syndrome, and football. Um, and if we lose football, we lose America. You guys see that summary? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably about, I don't know, 800 times. Yeah. Yeah, it was all over my feet. And my initial reaction, just as my initial reaction when I saw the Cohen tape, was to leap and say, hey, that we don't leak evidence in a criminal case to the media, man. That's, man, that's, that, that, ironically, you guys are investigating whether Trump worked with the Kremlin. That's a tactic the Kremlin uses. We don't do that in America, okay? You know, uh, and then that still small voice told me, eh, wait, I was going to jump all over Larry Fedora like everybody else was for sounding like a clown looking for something to talk about other than the fact his team went three and nine last year and everybody thinks he's on the hot seat. So he's trying to talk about something else. That same still small voice that told me not to rush to Trump's defense in the Cohen tape told me over the weekend, chill, just, just wait, wait. So I wait a couple days. Eric Adelson is a Michigan grad, very well-respected sports reporter. And he comes up with the story for Yahoo Sports, quoting several experts pointing out that it actually has never been proven. There is a direct link between football and CTE. It's never been proven. What is indisputable is that if you are predisposed to have these symptoms, football can be a trigger 
or an accelerator for exposing you to, to the likelihood of acquiring. Does that make sense? But the, the idea that there's a direct, direct link has actually not been established in any of these court cases or by medical science. And he quotes like several medical authorities. And he says, so actually what Larry Fedora was getting criticized for saying was, at least some of what he was saying was true. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen. I'm, now, I'm not going to read the crying. Not going to look at the tweet. Not going to look at the headline. Dan Wilkin at USA Today. I think I might know why I haven't had USA Today call me in months to write a column because I've been a little critical of some of my brethren there. Um, Dan Wilkin at USA Today wrote this breathless column. If Larry Fedora doesn't care about his player safety, he shouldn't be a coach. You see this one? Uh, yeah. Well, I heard them and Cause, saw cause, like them. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure Dan Wilkin from whatever suburban basement he's typing that column from. I'm sure he cares so much more about the 105 guys wearing Tar Heel blue, yep. uh, you know, w- uh, under his tutelage than Larry Fedora does. I'm sure. I'm I'm 100% positive. I am sure a columnist at anywhere, any columnist, I don't care who it is, where they work. I'm sure they care more about those players than the coach who went into the homes of every one of their parents to recruit them does. I'm sure. That babysits them year-round. That offers them free educations at elite institutions of higher learning. I'm sure I'm sure any reporter cares more than that coach does. Positive of it, in fact. Right. How dumb does that sound coming out of my mouth? Yeah. Pretty? Because yeah. it's dumb. You know why it sounds that dumb? Because it's a dumb sentiment. Okay? And, of course, here comes the mass pylon. So I go back and I decide after four days of this story, and I can't get away from it. I'm, I'm, you know, we're traveling. I'm listening. To, it keeps coming up, and everybody has the same. It's like, and then even after Eric Adelson wrote this story, it never gets referred to, never gets talked about. And yet everybody in the me, everybody in sports media all has the same take. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, I can't believe it. So then I went back and I actually listened to what he said. Tell me what you disagree with. Here's what he said in the order that he said it. Number one, he said the game of football is safer today than it's ever been. Do you disagree with that? All the new equipment, all the new technology, all the strength and conditioning we have, all of the awareness, the rules changes we've made. Yeah, I I think that's fair. To a degree, yeah. So you don't think that's a completely outlandish asinine? It's definitely not outlandish, no. Okay, all right. So the game is safer than it's ever been to play. I'd say the attempt... They're, to make it safer yeah. is uh, yeah to to be as uh, to be as objective as possible. Yeah, we can we can at least agree with him halfway. We can say they are trying to make yes. it as safe yeah. as they ever have. Yes, whether I, you I would can agree with that. whether yeah. with as as big and fast as the players that, are yes. today, it, it's it, you can really say it's safer than it was when they were 160 right. pounds. Exactly. I, yeah. That was that's tough thinking. to say. Okay, yep. but, the attempt, but we can say they we are earnestly attempting as hard to. As they okay, yeah, for sure. Fair enough. So he could he could have said it better. But we don't think that that's yeah. just completely outside the Overton window. He wasn't trying to mislead. Eh? Okay. Think, yeah. Okay. Next step, he said, was if we continue on down the road of the changes we're making of the game today, we won't recognize it 10 years from now. Would you guys agree with that? Yep. I think we are trending in that direction. We are already nibbling yeah. around the edges. So, so, so we're two for two and non, whether we agree or not, we're just, yeah. this is the standard of, is this a crazy take? 
right? Oh, well, that's, that, that that's merit, the main that merits that's, every sports writer in America putting you on yeah. the Puritan rack. That's right. what we're, that's right. Okay. So we're non-crazy take number two. Exactly. Reasonable take number two. Yes. Okay. Number three, he quoted a three-star general that he knew once and he asked him, hey, what's, what is one of the secrets of what's made America the most formidable military force on earth? And this three-star general said to him, we're the only nation in the world that plays the sport of football. And so many of our officers, so many of our best warriors grew up playing this sport and the team camaraderie plus the physical nature and aspect of the sport and the two things that it brings and, and merging those two things together uniquely qualif- uniquely works almost like a farm team hmm. for wow. the U.S. military. Hmm. And of course, if you look at the history of football, some of the best teams in the history, in the, old, in the original founding history of the sport were Army, Navy, Iowa pre-flight during World War II. The greatest coach, I'm sure we have some Tennessee fans listening, greatest coach in the history of Tennessee football, the stadium's named after him, was who? Nealon, as in General Nealon, like an actual general. Okay, Why are there so many military uh, um, comparisons? And how much, there's always a ton of military lingo, and there has been historically in football, and it goes to these ties. And, it, and, he, and, and Fedora was making a case, that unique identity... Of football as a training ground for the combination of physicality and camaraderie that goes with being an elite fighting unit in a real war has lent itself, has has had some impact on the greatness of America's military. Neither any of none of us played football at a in, on the high level, right? Correct. Neither, none of us have been in the military, so we can't speak to that. Do we think a three-star general would know more about this, though, than we might? Yeah. I would hope so. I, I would think so, right? So that was his contention about, we lose the country. He was actually making that point. And then when you hear the actual audio, you guys remember when I told you about LeGarrette Blunt from my Detroit Lions about a month ago at a minicamp? And it was yeah. the last time the whole Kneeler thing blew up right, in right. the NFL. Oh, yeah. And they asked him about it at, right after he got done talking about his USO tour. In the Far East and how proud he was as an American to go over there and teach football to those American families stationed overseas. And the very next and then he took a bunch of questions from a bunch of white guys about Aaron's age. Well, what do you think about Trump and uh, and he's like, I'm I'm here to talk football, man. I don't want to talk about that stuff. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. It was like listening to that again. Very first question to Fedora. Some snot nosed punk that you know maybe weighs a buck twenty. Maybe. Maybe. If he doesn't weigh 320, if you know what I'm saying, brother. Sure. Okay. Very first question, some snowflake reporter says, uh, what about rugby? W- was he talking about the Australian military? Uh, was he talking about the British military? Whose military was he talking about? Uh, ours. Ours. Would anybody make the case the British or the Australian militaries are more powerful than ours? No. No. And least of all, all the people in the British and Australian military. Okay. What does that have to... Is rugby a major sport in America? No. No. Is it inherent to the culture of America? Not at all. Is it a, is it a, is it a, a, a popular pursuit of the American people? No. Then what's the point of bringing this up? Uh, let me, uh, don't answer that. Let me tell you. To be an a-hole. That's what it is. Because you're some snot-nosed, sniveling reporter who's who... Uh, apparently the fact, mom and dad, by golly just displayed their white liberal guilt by raising you in a home with a two and a half stall garage. And you're going to stand over there with your max mercy routine because 
doesn't the world suck? I'm 26. And let me just show you what kind of a douchebag I can be. By mixing metaphors, talking about totally different cultures. And Larry Fedora's like, I, I don't know anything about rugby. It's not big in America. I just know they don't want helmets. And of course, they, <laughs> they laugh at him. Throat punch every one of those jerks. Every last one. And then when they lay on the ground writhing, say, I did it for Darwin. And, I mean, you guys believe in that evolutionary stuff, right? I mean, thinning of the herd. The guys we gave swirlies to growing up are now like they are the gatekeepers of sports media and they're ruining it. Now, that doesn't mean everything Fedora said was right or correct, but it's funny when you actually listen to it, it's a lot different than what you got from 99% of the columns written about it over the last three days. Now, how much of the information I just gave you did you see in the coverage that you saw about this story? It's a really low number, Todd. Um, probably around, I don't know, zero. <laughs> yeah. How much of this did you hear for the first time right now? All Most of it. of it. Now, don't blame yourself. I, have, I, I finally got fed up to the point. I decided on my own to do my own homework and, and follow this story on my own. And, and this is a, a total case of clear manipulation. No doubt about it. This is complete manipulation. And you can tell these sniveling little sports reporters don't understand. They're trying to undermine the very sport yes. that is responsible That's for them right. having a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. The truth of the matter is basketball and baseball are not popular enough to justify the billions of dollars sports media makes. They call it king football for a reason. There's football, space butter, space butter, space bar, and then there's everything else. Fantasy football is bigger in America than the NBA, guys. Take away college football from ESPN and the NFL. What do you have? Woke center. Yep. That's what you have. Biggest, the biggest events ESPN has every year are all NFL games and all college football games. And you know what's after those games? The NFL draft. And then it's the NBA and the Major League. The NFL draft gets more viewers than their NBA Major League Baseball games where we sit around and draft guys. They're not even playing. And more people watch that than watch baseball and, and basketball, than watch LeBron. But the inherent hatred for any masculine-driven meritocracy, that's really what this is. You know, and I shouldn't have, you know what? I apologize to Max Mercy. A little natural reference for you there. Because at least Max Mercy was a sniveling douchebag because he thought his job was to protect the integrity of the game, right? He at least was a sniveling elitist because he viewed himself as a gatekeeper. That's not what today's sports media are. They're destroyers. They're sniveling little douchebags that have just come to piss all over anything we like because they can. That's different than what Max Mercy was doing. Now, nobody anointed Max Mercy the gatekeeper and thought he had the moral character to do that. But at least he was operating from some modicum of, of protecting the integrity of that which put food on his table and made his audience want to read his material. These people are literally mocking their audience. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me after Pearl Jam's 10. Steve, what does that have to do? Stay with me, I promise. I'm not mixing metaphors here. Now, if you went to college in the early 90s, you know when you arrived on campus, you received an orientation packet. Um, 
in a class schedule, and then it included Nirvana's Nevermind in, a, in CD form and Pearl Jam's 10. I got that in my orientation packet. At least, I don't know about you, Wisconsin, but we got that Michigan State. Wrapped in a flannel shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You could not walk into any college quad in America and not feel like you were getting the, a quadrophenia concert of Nirvana and Pearl Jam because they were played in every dorm building in America in about 1992 and three, right? Yes. So Pearl Jam blows up next album they come out with and we waited like three years for this album and vitality vitology i think is what it was called yeah. comes out and the really cool leather jacket remember that okay and there's a song on the album it's called not for you you know what the song is about eddie vetter the lead singer of pearl jam was getting pissed that people were singing along to the songs of the concert and the songs aren't for you they're for us really because, dude, Ed, I could have sworn, brah, that if all those people in the audience singing along didn't think those songs were for them, you wouldn't have gotten to do another album, Ed. Know what I'm saying? Wouldn't have been another album without them. It's always been for them. He's basi- Basically, Vetter was saying, we're just doing music for other musicians. We're not doing it for the people that actually listen. And that's what happened with this Fedora story. A bunch of people wrote and produced content in the media to gain favor of fellow people in the media. To hell with with the regard what the audience reading it thinks. You're not, the audience isn't the intended audience. Me getting my helmet stickers for standing up for the oppressed football players. Anybody anybody get drafted into playing football? You have to play? No. Under the threat of imprisonment? Make the game as safe as you possibly can without ruining it. I'm all for that. But men men make money doing dangerous things all the time. And frankly, if you look at the stats, per capita, your daughters playing soccer get more concussions than football players do. But since they're your daughters, Todd, and they're a protected victim class of the intelligentsia, that stat never gets reported. Because it's not about concussions and it's not about player safety. It's about tear down every masculine-driven meritocracy you can possibly grind your little hands on. That's what it's about. Yep. Period. Guys, race cars. Is that dangerous? Could the car explode? Could there be a they crash? They do. And they do. That's dangerous. I think it's dangerous being a fireman, Aaron. Is that a dangerous pursuit, do you think? Yes. Since the first word would be fire, fire. Yep. that would seem to indicate a level of danger, would it not? From the dawn of time, men have done dangerous things in order to feed their families, and football is no different. And if you play a couple of years and you've made some money and you want to walk away, like one of your former Wisconsin Badgers did a few years ago, by golly, God bless you. Go for it. Have a nice life. And if you want to play for 15 years, God bless you too. Men do all kinds of dangerous things to feed their families. Not only do they, it's even more than that. They A culture must have that on some level. This is what you've said about why getting rid of fights in hockey would be a terrible idea mm-hmm. because you you need a natural, um, respectable outlet. Well, that's football does serve that. Yeah. Now, we are doing as much as we can to throw sabots into the gears, uh, as you like to say, but that even when you are passively watching football as a fan, you know, as a male, this it, it, there's a certain harmony of the spheres going on here, where it it there 
it allows for an effective uh, release, a sense that this is good and right and true. And I, I think without it, um, we would be, we, well, we would be looking for something that perhaps would be far more dangerous in a negative yes. way. Yeah. There's positive. I mean, look at raising sons. I don't have a son. I, I do this with my daughter. Yeah, you're gonna play this one. You here's the edge. You need to live around that edge. Now with men, I mean, you push that edge further out, and you got to do that. You absolutely have to do that. We are increasingly not understanding where that edge is. Football is one of the ways it's supposed to help us to know as men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something I think it's important to add when you're when when you're consuming media and whatever that is, and maybe it's the mainstream media or maybe it's the sports media, and this topic of um, quote unquote player safety in football comes up, I guarantee you, and I'm not saying that to be flippant. I'm not saying that to be hyperbolic. I guarantee you, 95% of the times you hear a talking head talk about player safety it has nothing to do with player safety it has everything to do with conditioning you to think that doing dangerous things is immoral as it pertains yep. to football yep it's about conditioning you now and keep in mind those are dangerous things that affirm traditional gender roles. Having unprotected sex with someone of the same gender with a body part that God designed to be a human waste disposal is extremely dangerous, as the CDC that's, will tell no, you. No, it's love. Okay? Is, love is love, Steve. Yes, love but that's is love. love is love, and not dangerous at all. Come on. And if you try to Read warn, the- if you try to warn people, hey, think twice about using that orifice, given what comes out of that. That's a haven for bacteria and disease. You're a hateful bigot. But a grown man with 3% body fat in prime physical condition in the best years of his life, wearing 20 pounds of state-of-the-art pads, goes out there for seven figures that will change not just this generation, but the next five generations of his family for the better. That's a really dangerous pursuit, and we maybe should be rethinking that. If you have the choice between believing in football or I can F whoever I want to F Steve, as we learned from Planned Parenthood, which one would you choose? Come on, exactly. This is, this is easy. And so, again, I learned a valuable lesson. Whenever someone violates the, the, the zeitgeist's Overton window of what is an acceptable thing to say on a contentious issue, and you see, whether it's sports or news media, everybody pile on, dogpile that person. Always go the other way. Doesn't mean they're always wrong. It just means they're wrong so much of the time. They're like piranhas. They just keep piling on even after all the flesh is off the bone because it's instinctive to do. Do your own homework. Find out what this person said, what they thought for themselves before commenting. I know that, well, Steve, that, that's like being, a, that's actually really hard to do in today's today's society where we have so much instantaneous relationship at our finger or information at our fingertips and the ability to comment on it right away. But this guy got destroyed last week. And all he said was, we're making the game safer. I'm concerned we're to take the physical aspect of the game away and make the game what is what makes it uniquely special and successful from other sports. And I even had a military guy tell me it's one heck of a training ground for future warriors on the battlefield. And I don't want to see that go away. And I think it wouldn't benefit the country to take that away from our young men. 
That is that not really what he said? When you actually look at the actual words. Yeah. That's really what he said. Could he have said it better? Sure. We can all say a lot of things better. But the point was that he said it at all. And that's what they didn't like about well, it. Well, that's I, and so there's no way he could say so I want to protect say it better. That, that, that's right. Because any way he would have said, I want to protect a masculine driven meritocracy while making it as safe as we possibly can was not going to be acceptable. Period. That's what's really happening here. So again, over the weekend, gentlemen, I learned when it comes to consuming our media and determining when and where you're going to react to it, not just on who's doing the covering, as we saw in the Larry Fedora story, but on who the source is, as we saw in the Cohen, Giuliani, uh, Mueller, Trump story. Be very hesitant to ready fire aim. Be very hesitant to jump on a dog pile when it looks too easy. Because it's usually not the complete and full picture. Final thoughts, gentlemen, Todd. Well, I think you pretty much described like all of Twitter on any given day. Yep. So there's that. Uh, yeah, wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Um, once again, we didn't talk uh, specifically about one theological uh, notion, concept, scripture, verse, if I'm mistaken there. Um, but um, we're always doing some kind of uh, exegesis here, and th- today's podcast uh, is no exception. You know, you you have got to bring your faith uh, into this uh, political arena now more than ever. Otherwise, you will get swallowed up by idol after idol, big and small. Well said, Todd. Uh, I, I think it's a good time to just remind kind of along the lines of of what i was saying just a little bit ago when you're consuming news media always always ask questions about the basis for any story or any report that you're uh, that you're reading the basis so what i mean by that is um what are these so-called or supposed facts being derived from what is the source of these supposed facts who is doing the reporting uh, does this person have a, a, a relatively good track record if so um, you know what are um, what are maybe some of their biases um, or you know another thing is what are some of these this person's um, Uh, What are they trying to sell me here? Even if you can't find anything that they might be biased about, what are they trying to sell me on or what are they trying to condition me for? Basically what I'm saying is be very paranoid about the news that you consume. You really should be uh, because that's going to cause you to think critically about it, and that's what we all need to do. And I don't think anybody in this room um, has been super perfect at it. over the last, especially uh, one to two years, uh, we all make mistakes from some, from time to time. But it's incumbent upon each of us and those in our audience as well to think very, very quickly about the news, uh, critically, uh, not quickly, critically about the news that they consume. No, I mean, all of us in this room have been so imperfect at this. Yes. We just did an hour podcast based off of two mistakes I just made over the last five days with it. <laughs> My own mistakes with this are what prompted this conversation. I was just my aim in that was just to really passive aggressively. I know jab what you meant. You. Yeah, yeah, but it's true. I mean, we this podcast came about because I fell for bananas in the tailpipe again. I stepped on the banana peel again. I did it again. I sent my I sent my sister 
a news story about the office coming back it was fake news i was convinced that it was real mm. i just since we're all sharing now i have the share, sharing pillow oh, gosh did you see now oh. now todd todd's no, like new no. gingrich in that yeah. debate yeah. he's got to come up with something to cry about no. now no. todd's like no crap what mistake no. did i make i was i was awesome i fell for nothing this weekend uh these, I'm not as dumb as you guys. I'm pathetic. Yeah. Uh, yes. But do you see? But I, I, I checked all of. I checked the magisterium for all of my sources, yeah. and you got dumb Protestants fall for this every time. I am solid within canon law. He stood for everything and fell for nothing. But the, that's what Ben. Did you see Ben Shapiro lean into it? He just said, "I see you and raise you mistakes." He wrote a column about it. And yep. I made this mistake um, yeah. when I was 19. He just yep. said, yeah. "Screw you guys." Yep. I know. I know. Good stuff, guys. All right, thanks for listening today. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. If you have a chance, click subscribe there on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps us get the word out. Also, if you could leave us a positive review, that really helps us too. Many of you have done so already. Thank you on both of those things. CRTV.com, promo code DACE if you want to watch us there. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.